once again to You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you, sir? I'm well. And in the state of New York? This is Mike. Mike, how are you? All right, how are you doing, Phil? Yeah, I'm doing all right. This is a weekly podcast about Game of Thrones, and this is our feedback on episode six of Game of Thrones season five, which was entitled, weird title, it was entitled Unbowed, Unbent, Unbroken, and I'll ask what you guys think that means when we get into talking about it, because I have no idea. But Eric, you do another podcast with your buddy Dan, by the way. I do. It's a general interest podcast called the Ascancity Podcast. That's A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find it on Stitcher and the iTunes Store, and we just posted our 200th episode. Woo-hoo! I don't, yeah. I don't hear any... any. Uh... Oh, oh, sorry. There we go. Excellent. What a bash that's going on over there. Congratulations, Eric. And Thank you. It's, uh, it's a great honor. This means... You, along like the rest of us, just don't have any life, and we're just talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'll accept that. Yes, yes, that's fair. That's fair. All right, so uh, you definitely catch that out. What did you guys talk about besides the uh, 200 episodes? Did you, any important topics like Tom Brady? Of course, we talked about Tom Brady. Uh, we also talked about the Amtrak crash uh, and some other stuff. Very well. Oh, and the Boston bomber. And BB, and BB King, yeah, all that stuff. And all that stuff, yeah. And, uh, Mike, you do a genre, Buck. You think the Tom Brady thing would have been as big a deal if they didn't get so many headlines out of the word balls? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> all right, so so uh, Mike has to bring us down to juvenile level. But besides that, Mike, you do another I, genre, Buck, uh, by the way? I, I don't know what I did. Um the uh, yes, it's a blog by the name of uh, Unnatural Selections. www.unnaturalselections.com. You can find it everywhere interwebs are sold. Okay, very good. And uh, actually, the three of us also do another podcast called Dark Discussions Podcast, which can be found on iTunes and Stitcher. And it is a genre podcast about various movies and topics that are genre related, which would include horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thriller, techno thriller, mystery, grindhouse, and exploitation film. And for example, some of the more recent episodes that we discuss and dissect those movies would be It Follows, Ex Machina, Gone Girl, Edge of Tomorrow, just to give a wide range of independent to Hollywood and also the various genres from sci-fi to horror. So that makes, what, three podcasts you do, Eric, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, at the moment. What do you mean, at the moment? What does that mean? <laughs> I mean, it's three right now. <laughs> a year ago, it was two. A year from now, who knows what it'll be. Well, that's fair. Um, so that would be www.darkdiscussions.com. And that is actually the homepage for You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast, uh, which there is a big picture of our podcast here on the Dark Discussions page, and there's a link that brings you to You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast page on the Dark Discussions podcast. And the reason for that is is we are the sister podcast of Dark Discussions, and this podcast has come about from Dark Discussions because we used to do a season review episode of Game of Thrones, and we just decided to start doing a weekly episode on each episode. And... Now that it's this will be our sixth episode, and so far so good. And you can find it 
both under Dark Discussions feed as well as You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast feed, both on Stitcher and iTunes. So what did you guys think? What, what does this this uh, mean, this this title? I believe uh, that Unbound, Unbound, Unbroken is the uh, – I don't, I don't know what she's – I'm gonna use the wrong words here, but you, you know how like the uh, the Stark house saying is winter is coming. Sure. Uh, what what? It's not house saying. What do they call them? Motto. Motto. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I believe that that unbowed, unbent, unbroken is the the house uh, motto of the Tyrells. Why? I could be wrong. Let's look it up. Yeah. That, if only I had sheet. some machine in front of me that could access information <laughs> I wanted to know. <laughs> it is House Martell. Oh, it's Martell. Oddly, the title refers to probably the the smallest segment in the episode. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Very well. All right. So uh, let's see. This episode is, again, uh, directed and written by uh, the same folks that did last week's episode, which is uh, Jeremy Podesma was the director, and Brian Cogman was the writer. That was it for them for this season. And then we go on to uh, a new director next week uh, with uh, David Benoif and D.B. Weiss uh, writing the next few episodes. And I guess we can get into the episode. Uh, unless anybody wanted to bring up any things that are generally related to Game of Thrones itself before we specifically talk about the sixth episode of season five. I'm good. So uh, we had the, the credit roll, and as we know, every every week... They sometimes have it change. Uh, this week, there was no real changes. It was the same things as we've seen before. The House uh, Dawn, the only new one from Season 5 that they've added, and, and it was in there again. Was it last week we didn't see anything of Dorn, or was it the week before? Week before. Okay. And I think that was odd, right? Last week, they had Dawn in the credits, and Dawn wasn't in the episode. Well, the week before that, it was an episode, but it wasn't in the credits. Uh, I'm pretty yeah, sure that the first time it showed up in the credits, it was in the show. Right, but there was a week where it wasn't in the show, where it wasn't in the show, but it wasn't in the credits. Bravos, I don't think they went to last week, and yet it was in the credits. Um, so I don't know. Somebody's doesn't know what they're doing over there anymore. Well, and and uh, I heard something about that on uh, I believe it was Cast of Kings. Uh, they heard an interview with the person who actually puts all those together, and he says that they they try and stay with the storyline, but sometimes they just can't uh, because the different segments do have different lengths, and they got to put it together with the music, and sometimes it just doesn't work out. Oh, um, you know, I'm sorry, I did forget. Um, I had mentioned this on a on a Dark Discussions podcast. Uh, but speaking of uh, news, the, uh, they had released, I don't know when, but the uh, Telltale Games, Game of Thrones, had released its third chapter. This is the same company that did the Walking Dead video games. Oh, yeah. Um, so, and this is sort of telling its own little story. It's set, the first chapter happens immediately after the Red Wedding, or the night of the Red Wedding. And the latest chapter goes all the way up to the Purple Wedding. Um, and so I just, I played that, uh, yesterday morning, matter of fact. Um, any good? Yeah, it's a good game. I would strongly recommend it. It's a, it's a, it's, um, sort of a choose your own adventure sort of game. It's not high impact, high action. It's mostly you're watching the story unfold and you get to play a character and have some influence over what the character says and does. And, you know, that'll influence how certain characters react. Um, it's a very, uh, uh, low in, uh, impact game, but it's, say, uh, sort of like the old point and click games. 
Um, right. And yeah, so I would I would recommend it if you're interested in Game of Thrones. You follow a new family was uh, or Bannerman to the Starks who are watching everything fall apart. As of course, this is immediately following the Red Wedding. What's the name and of the family, by the way? I, uh, I'm blanking right now on what the name of the family is. Okay. But they're sort of going through uh, their own little uh, mini-disaster as um, the family that is loyal to the Boltons has basically moved in and is taking over. And so it's sort of like a uh, you know junior league Game of Thrones. We're not dealing with the big houses. We're dealing with a couple of smaller houses, but the same sort of dynamics are at play. Okay, that's interesting. And uh, would you say it, it compares to uh, the Walking Dead uh, Telltale game? It's a little different. I prefer the graphic style of the Walking Dead game. Uh, the Walking Dead, you follow one character throughout each of the games. And here you're following different members of the house, so you're getting different storylines interacting. So, for example, uh, you have a brother who's over in um, Essos, Who's trying to raise an army and come back, and he's uh, his storyline intersects, say, with uh, with Danny's storyline. You have um, a sister who is a handmaiden to Marjorie, who's trying to negotiate sort of the, the, what's going on at King's Landing, and she has an occasional a lot of dealings with Marjorie. She has in the second chapter, I think, um, is interrogated basically by Cersei, um, and they do get all the actors to reprise their roles. Um, and you have another character who is uh, up at the wall, who's got to go find the North Grove, and so he deals, say, with Jon Snow and a few other characters up there. So it's um, it does get sort of a more of a fractured storyline to get all the, uh, the goings on and hit all the different important locations in the Game of Thrones world. All right, very good. And where can folks uh, find this video game? Is I think it's probably a download. Is it from iTunes or something? Yeah, this is a downloadable game. I think I. Uh, but who else? Have you it? might have it on iTunes. Uh, I imagine if you. I have an Xbox 360. I imagine if you have an Xbox One or a uh, PlayStation 3 or 4, you can go to whatever their gaming store is and download a version there. I'm sure there's probably a version for PC. Uh, and what you want to try to do is search for the season pass because I think there's, if I remember correctly, there's five chapters. Then it's like five bucks a chapter, but the season pass as a whole is like twenty bucks, so you save yourself save yourself a few dollars. You're just paying a little bit more up front. Okay, so that's cool. Uh, any any further things, or uh, do you want to start with uh, Arya or another storyline in the new episode? Well, let's start with Arya because she is the most interesting storyline after all. Okay. <laughs> that was sarcasm, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I kind of agreed, but I wasn't going to um, say anything because, hey, maybe it was the most exciting story for you. <laughs> well, I, I will say it's more interesting than we've had from her recently. Uh, it's basically Arya in the House of Black and White. Um, she's still watching dead people, uh, and she still doesn't know why. Uh, so she gets into another argument with that other girl whose name I don't know. Do either of you know her name? I do not. Okay. There, I feel bad. Girl. And uh, she starts telling Arya uh, her backstory um, about how she was poisoned by her stepmother and so on and so forth. And then we pretty much figure out that she's full of it. Uh, Or not. (laughs) And that's not her real story. Uh, 
so then uh what's his face um jockstrap hanger uh comes by and uh, starts talking to Arya and tells Arya to tell her story and she starts telling her story and every time she lies I couldn't quite this is a really dark scene was he slapping her or was he hitting her with an object he was hitting her with a stick stick with a stick okay yeah, like so one of those sticks that you use uh caning a caning stick okay so basically he's he's uh using a switch on Arya um so basically, she starts telling her story, and every time she lies, he hits her with a stick, um, which was kind of amusing. Uh, and then, uh, at one point, she's telling this part of her story about the hound and how she left him to die uh, because she hates him, and he hits her with a stick. And she's like, what? I hated him, and he hits her again. So apparently, uh, and then he makes some comment about lying to herself. So apparently... She didn't quite hate the hound as much as she's uh, trying to tell herself that she did, uh, which you could kind of tell. But at the same time, she did leave him there to die. Uh, but I, I th- thought that was an interesting little, uh, interesting little moment uh, that he beat her for saying she hated the hound. Yeah, well, you deserve to be beaten for saying you hate the hound. Who could hate the hound? We all love the hound. The hound is a lovable, lovable little dog. As long well, as you're not a butcher's boy. To be to be honest, uh, his, or I should say, Arya's story, as you said, you know, uh, her, it was more exciting now than usual. I'm, I'm beginning to believe that the reason Arya's story was so exciting last season, season four, wasn't because of Arya, even though a lot of folks like Arya as a character. I think it was really more the Hound. Well, yeah, because he's the one that can do stuff, right? Right, Arya's largely been yeah. along the rather ride. Yeah, it's uh. Right now, she's learning how to lie real well, and when she's done, maybe she'll be able to do stuff for herself. Well, let's yeah, remember, the, the, the one Stark who actually did stuff was Rob, and we know, all know how that turned out. <laughs> um, that's that Jon Snow for up until, uh, you know, about uh, a season ago, and Sansa up until a couple of episodes ago, and Arya for most of the time, have been learning, have been, you know, one was a squire, one was a handmaiden, and one was... Whatever she was, um, a sidekick to competent characters, and each one has been learning along the way rules of the Game of Thrones, right? Whichever aspect they're they're happen to be dealing with, right? And each has been learning to play their parts. So, right, Arya didn't really get to kill any of the people on her list, except for until she got to Polliver early in season four, right? That was where the chicken scene was, right? Right. So. You know, I can forgive that, given that they're all supposed to be young men and women, uh, especially Arya. Um, and poor Rickon, we don't even know what the hell happened to him. <laughs> he's around up north somewhere. He's, he's, he's probably one of the guys in uh, in Littlefinger's brothels right now. <laughs> him and, you know, right, uh, him right. and, what, what, what's her name? What's the, what's the name of the woman? Uh, oh, the, the woman. Wildly. The wild Oh, I know who you're Osha. talking about, but I forgot her Osha. name. Osha, yes, Osha. Yeah, Because yeah. we haven't seen them in a while. Yep. But, but my point is, yeah, she hasn't done a lot. It's mostly, like you said, it was the hound that was doing it. Before that, it was her interaction with uh, uh, 
with the brothers without borders and before that with charles dance and before that with uh serial florell and her father she's been learning and we've been watching her learn and this is you know now she's with mr miyagi and this is where and yoda this is where we should yeah and we'll see if she learns to become something and this is uh you know the interesting thing that Jakan Hagar says is his last line, right? Which is, you know, that you're not ready to become no one, no one, but you may be ready to become Somebody someone else. else, which is something that we were talking about, I think, which is that is she going to want to give up if she give up herself? Because if she gives up herself, it also means kind of giving up her list, which is the whole purpose of going to this place in, in, in the first place. Right. All right. Well, and, and and to be honest, I I, don't, I think she would like to get back to her half brother John Snow and and things like that. So I I don't know if she wants to start a new life at all, or if she wants to go back to her prior life, but be just a different person. So in other words, well, that may be a, a symbol that Jacques Hagar is saying, in the sense that. You don't want to be no one. You want to be someone else. In other words, she wants to go back as a different person, even though she still will be Arya Stark. Well, yeah, and let's let's be honest about this. It's not like she had this grand plan of, oh, I'm going to travel to Bravos and go to the House of Black and White. Uh, she found herself in the middle of nowhere with the Hound dying and wandered off and found a ship and was like, okay, you're going to Bravos? I guess I am too. Yeah, because uh, her, first, her, her first thing she asked the captain was, would you take me to the wall? Right. So this wasn't her ultimate goal. She didn't really have a goal, I think, other than survival. But this is where she is right now. And probably the coolest part of this entire episode, I think, uh, so let's just finish up the Arya storyline as long as the we already talked about the final line from Jacques and Hagar, um, which is that uh, this man shows up with his daughter at the house of black and white and says that uh, he's taken her to every healer in the land and nobody can do anything. And he's just tired of having her suffer. Um, and like Arya's looking around for the other girl or Jacques and Hagar or somebody to come deal with this and nobody's coming. Uh, so she goes over to the girl and she tells this bullshit story uh, about how uh, her father brought her here uh, because she was poisoned. And then she drank the water and felt better. Uh, and basically, I mean, we've come to figure out at this point that that well is poisoned. Whoever drinks it dies. Uh, but she tells this bullshit story to the daughter and makes her feel better before she poisons her. Uh, and then... We cut to her washing this girl's corpse. Uh, and then, uh, whereas earlier in the episode, she tried to get a peek as to where they take the bodies and been rejected. Um, Jack and Hagar lets her go back to where they take the bodies. And, ooh, this is, like, really creepy. There's this massive room with really, really tall pillars uh, full of uh, masks. Of different faces. Uh, and for a moment, I thought it was all decapitated heads. And I was just like, holy shit! Uh, but it could be. It could be Leatherface. I, I don't know. I don't know if they're, if they're, if they're actual skin or if they're, they're masks or what the deal is. Uh, but it's creepy as hell, whatever it is. 
Well, that gets me to what I was going to ask you, which is, uh, since you're the bookman here, um, I guess you don't know, is, is this, is this just decoration in that room? Or like, or are those the faces that they use when they, when they trade faces or may play the, the face game? The room's in the book, but I, I don't know the answer to that question. Well, that doesn't help. Well, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Apology accepted. I, I, do, I do agree. Uh, um, it was kind of freaky because I originally thought they, they were like the, the heads as well. And then I'm thinking maybe they're, you know, Leatherface where, you know, ripped off flesh skin, you know. Right, so right. Either, either way, it's creepy and it makes me even more, um, I guess, thinking they're suspect this this cult or whatever this thief group is because well they've been suspect for the, they're they're a guild of assassins essentially what's not to be suspect yeah yeah well i'm thinking now that they are actually quote-unquote bad guys and they're not going to be a good force in the story of game of thrones well but when you're talking about game of thrones what's really good and what's really bad well let me rephrase hodor is good hot pie is good <laughs> hot drink is good, good. Sam, Sam is good. Is good. Uh, the Gilly is good. Yeah, that's true. Um, and uh, I think that Ollie. that's uh, that's about Ollie? it. Maybe Ollie. <laughs> Maybe Ollie. Well, I don't know. Remember, he didn't really. He wasn't so sure about this whole peace thing. Yeah. Uh, Eat him. Yeah. Were, they were stewed. But but they were tasty. <laughs> I'm sure they, they were. were but uh, <laughs> think that. Uh, but my point is, is that may, I don't think they're going to be the a force of quote unquote good, like say the Starks or, or, you know, uh, Jorah Mormont or someone like that. I think they're going to be more on the Lannister and the Sand Snake type of side where, you know, more grayish black than grayish white. Well, and I don't, uh, let, let's, let's put it this way. If the house in black and white becomes a major part of the plot of Game of Thrones, it's not really in the books that have been published yet. Um, wh- what it's more about is the forming of Arya and who she's becoming. Uh, so it's really more about her character development than the House of Black and White being a part of the story. Okay, so all right, so that's interesting. So it could be just this side thing that, like, say the the Brotherhood without Banners was earlier, like three seasons ago, and then they just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here it could be the same idea where it builds her character like the Brotherhood uh, did, but uh, eventually, yeah, it's not as important of a factor into this whole Game of Thrones story. It's possible because right. I don't know where George Martin is going with it. Right, I don't get the sense that they're they've got any 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 alliance, right? That they're allied with, say, the Lannisters or allied with the Starks or, or anything like that. I also right. don't know that they have a specific agenda besides worshipping the dead god. So they may just be, like you've mentioned in past episodes, a, a cult, you know, that worships death and that they just service death by creating death. But how do they pick who they're going to kill? Are they, are they like, paid assassins open to everybody? Or are they a secret society that people don't know exists, or at least uh, outside of Bravos? Because I don't think I've ever heard anybody mention them. Is it a possible 
to be they're actually a religious group because well when I say religious I don't necessarily mean good because there's in you know as we know there can be evil religions but because there's the god of many faces that they always talk about I mean he he almost they're definitely a guy always talks about that I mean the whatever they are religion definitely plays a major part of it right. All right. Uh, any further things we want to discuss about the Arya story? At least it was, it was kind of interesting. I mean, it, it wasn't just kind of boring. It was like three major set pieces, mm-hmm. which was the the caning, the the Texas Chainsaw faces, and uh, <laughs> uh, the, the the death of the sickly girl. That and that Arya kind of lies uh, to put her out of her misery. Uh, th- this was definitely my favorite Arya episode of the season so far. Right, I think that it's it was smart for them. We've said it before that they skip her for what two episodes now. Yeah, yeah. They, we we get her here, and we can fill in all the blanks of what she's done. That she's been sitting there washing stinky feet for for weeks now, and you know, it's I liked the 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 beating scene because we finally got her to a you know got some admission that she cared for the hound. Right. Um. And we all debated that in the Dark Discussions episode was, uh, why did she leave the Hound? Did she leave him to suffer? Did she leave him because she couldn't bring herself to kill him? Um, And I'm still not sure where that is, but at least we've confirmed that at, at the end she didn't still hate him anymore. Right. Right. Yep. Nope, that's true. Uh, And that's interesting thing because i mean we kind of get that or at least i did but but by her coming out or, or i shouldn't say coming out but lying and and jaka hargab knowing that she's lying somehow you know magically or whatever because that's it's not implied how he knows but it shows that she still um is the Arya stock person that we we used came to love and from you know prior seasons where she's still uh, she's not not this evil assassin with no no conscience, or she's not even like the yet. hound or someone that. Yeah, 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 exactly. So we'll see if she gets there. Yeah. Um, but uh, and Jakan Argar really needs to play poker because he's good at picking up tells. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> somehow, somehow. Yeah. But I raise you smack. Out. No, you don't. They would throw him out of the casino, though, because they, they'd be counting cards, probably. Yeah. yeah. He'd right, just so. change his face and come back in. So let's, let's <laughs> for, for, first talk about uh, the scenes that were skipped for a second. So uh, Danny was completely left out of this episode. Right. Um, Stannis was completely left out of this episode. Right. And uh, I think those are the only two major storylines. Uh, John that- Snow. Oh yeah, you're right. The wall was completely left out too. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so the the wall was left out as well. So, uh, well, see, Stannis, I understand, and John, I understand, because they're both on journeys. Yeah. Stannis is marching down to Winterfell. to to Winterfell, and Jon Snow is boating up to uh, Wildlings Land, wherever he's going. Yes. Yeah, but he's and he's a H. Right. Just so, just as we could, we, you know, we had like uh, an episode away from uh, from Cersei. Tyrion, and you know, and we could take an episode away from Ciri because nothing much, Cersei, nothing much was happening there. But Danny, you ended with, and we're getting married. Um, 
can we finish that conversation, please? You know, there, there, there seemed, there seemed to be more there that was worth exciting. But I imagine we're going to go back there next week. I do know we're, you know, we're hitting, uh, we're going back to Jon Snow definitely next week. We may not see Stannis until, uh, he finally makes Episode it to Winterfell. Nine. Episode eight. <laughs> no, nine. Isn't it nine when they have the big battles? I thought it was eight. No, no nine, five, is, five, nine is nine is when the big is always the big episode. And the wall, yeah, it was it was nine. Okay, yeah. the wall, the red wedding, Blackwater, and I Ned Stark. Blackwater Stark's was head. eight. Oh well, no, they're all nine. Eight was uh, was Pit Mountain and the Viper. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree about Stannis and Jon Snow because they did that with Baelish uh, last episode, where when he was traveling, they just had him disappear for a whole episode so so where do we want to discuss well obviously these the storylines that happened this week were uh jorah mormont and Tyrion, the the dawn stuff the winterfell stuff and uh of course the king's landing stuff start with the dawn stuff because it was dumb and we could get it out of the way okay yeah, yeah. um i thought tough. it was the least satisfying uh, part of the the episode absolutely yeah. Well, and to be honest, I, I don't know how it is in the books, but the whole Dawn family, I mean, we met Auber, Oberyn and his, his concubine woman, whatever her name is, last year. But, I mean, we never really learned anything about where he came from or what his family was or anything. And then this season, we were introduced to it, and yet we've had maybe like 10 minutes of Dawn people in the show, and I'm not including uh, Braun and Jamie being in Dawn. I'm just talking about people that are from Dawn. And as we've well, discussed, it's very unsatisfying. Well, and here's the thing is I'm trying to figure out what their purpose is because this is a completely concocted storyline. Uh, right. Nowhere in the books. Braun isn't even in the books. Uh, there's So this whole Jamie Braun uh, uh, journey to Dawn isn't something that needs to be replicated because it doesn't exist. Uh, really, the only thing that's the same is that uh, the Sand Vipers are pissed, uh, and the Prince doesn't want war. And that's that's really all. <laughs> all, that's, all that's the same. So I'm trying to figure out what in the world they're trying to accomplish with this whole made-up plot, because uh, it really doesn't seem to be going much of anywhere. Um, I did look up, Ron, on the... Uh, wiki, ice and fire. And he does exist, but maybe he's just not as big of a character as he is on the TV show. Oh, certainly not. Okay. Cause I don't remember him. Sure. Right. I see. I think, like, I don't mind that they, they, they ignored all this stuff until now, but like you think about, um, uh, Stannis, right? First season, his name was mentioned several times, but we never actually saw him until season two. Right, but all that was serving to set him up. So when he did come in, it mattered. Same thing with say Theon's family, right. um, and so this this has happened a couple of times in the show where things have kind of come to the forward after we've we've heard about them for a while, or what you know something served as an introduction into that character or that that story arc. The point is that you have this these sand snakes whose goal is to kill a little girl that's in their custody, and they can't. And they need a big grand scheme to figure out how to do that. <laughs> right. And it's more like, and, hey, you go talk to the prince while I go stab the little one. Yeah, I have a spear that I can throw real good. And this girl has a habit of just walking around aimlessly in the garden in the open during the daylight hours. How can we pull this off? 
And so you think, all right, well, maybe they're going to try to do it covertly. Nope. Just storm right in, in the middle of the day, while she's wandering the garden with her prince. And, 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 and Brad just happened to show up at the same time. Yeah. And, and the big problem is, now look, we understand that, that spouses don't always agree, or paramours don't, therefore don't always agree, and parents and children don't always agree. But you do remember the line from from Oberon uh, when he's talking to uh, Cersei last season, where he says, we don't hurt, hurt little girls in Dorne. Right. Right. Well, we don't hurt them, but apparently we do plan to chop their heads off when we get pissed over somebody doing somebody one of their relatives doing something to my father or you know it's um so this doesn't ring true the idea of jamie going to rescue her for me makes sense because you do have this tension and even if you know let's let's pretend for a moment that the rest of the family was like oberon and like whatever the the father's name is or brother's name whatever he is the king that wouldn't hurt hurt her the uh the Lannisters being the Lannisters would expect everyone to be like the Lannisters and therefore they would not trust that they wouldn't hurt her. Right. And wouldn't use her, use her against her. So I, I can understand him going together and certainly giving Jamie and Bronn an opportunity to banter back and forth. And you did get some good one liners from Bronn this episode. Um, but it's not, it's not relevant enough now maybe this is going to be just the excuse to get them there and more important stuff will be happening with them in the next couple of episodes but right now it just feels like we had nothing to do with jamie and let's find something to do with jamie and bron's a fun character let's let's see more of him yep yeah I, i would agree with that and even even having jamie go is understandable but it's also kind of, you know, I don't know, um, pulpy. Because in reality, you know, you're not you're not going to be sending the head of the king's guard, this brother of the queen. I mean, we already saw what happened the last time he got caught in battle. He got his hand chopped off. So you, you figure you figure that this guy would would have been um, sending his you know top soldiers to go and try to save her maybe or send a diplomatic team to go and talk or something well well, because he's thinking he's thinking with his dick because he's he's trying to win back cersei yeah (laughs) and cersei's not that no way what a prize she is well and no way in hell would 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 tywin ever have have, uh signed off on this so let me ask you this mike what then why the heck did cersei send him what why did she fake the whole thing and 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 have him get excited to go because i still well, understand why she wanted him out of the picture out of out of king's landing because she's trying she's to get a, everybody possible out of the picture so she can try and manipulate part. things on her own well i think part of it is that she's getting every, that well i don't know if it's in they're they are they are isolating cersei the writers some right. of it is cersei deliberately isolating herself whether she deliberately wanted her brother away from her to isolate herself, or that was just the writers finding a way to get his ass out of there right. to isolate her, that I'm not sure of. But let's be honest, she's something that rhymes with a runt. <laughs> right. And so she she has been alternately pissed and enamored with her brother, right? She, 
uh, remember the, the, the exchange of, well, what about me? How dare you get captured and sit in your own shit for a year? Right. <laughs> well, what about and, my needs? Uh, no, but uh, <laughs> did you ever think? Did you ever think how you're getting your hand cut off affected me? Right. Yeah, that's pretty much how that went. Um, but she has been trying this season to uh, to get rid of everybody else around the king because uh, she wants to try and puppet him on her own. Uh, she's there's that one line when uh, so they said the small council is getting. Smaller, and she says, "Not small enough," and he's the only one left. Right. Um, so she is just trying to uh, isolate the king, uh, so that he'll be easier to manipulate uh, for her. And now she's trying to get rid of the other people around the king. So maybe that's where we should go next. Yeah, because she did get rid of uh, Kevin Lannister earlier too, and uh-huh. pissed him off, and he left and went to. Castle Rock. Um, but there is a new movie coming out called San Andreas in a couple of weeks. And Starts the rock. Yeah, it, that's true. And when San Andreas collapses and California disappears, I hope Dawn goes with it because that storyline sucks. <laughs> well, sorry to say, Phil, Dawn is not in California. I know. But it's- well, I'm, I'm hoping because I went through the trouble of casting the king. Uh, I'm hoping that this is not the end of the story, that they have something bigger, that this is just sort of the, we need an excuse to get them there, and then something's going to happen after. Can I ask what is going, because I know Jamie goes off on a mission in the books, right? Does he? I don't remember, honestly. If that happens in the books, I don't remember it, so it must have been uneventful. I'll I'll be completely honest, the book four and five were such just a task for me to read. I've pretty much blocked them out. All right. And so really you don't know that. Boring and, and uninteresting and really just read the first three and then stop. And get, and okay. Buy, buy the, the crib notes or something. For, for, uh, <laughs> right. All right. So I'll have to at some point go look that up online as to what's actually going on in, right. in that corner. Yeah. And what and what about the sand snakes? Is there The sand anything? snakes are in the book. Uh, and yeah, they, they, they're pissed. They want revenge. That part's the same. Right. But what are they doing in the books for revenge? If they're not going after the, the Lannister daughter? Well, I think they are, but the, the whole situation is different. Yeah. They're just, they're okay. Just they're like ringing the doorbell on King's it, landing and running it's away. Different. Okay. You should read the book, Mike. Um, if you want to know what happens in the book. Or just go to game of uh, the uh, wiki no. of ice and fire. <laughs> The only only thing I can see the Dawn fan, or whatever the Mart- Martells for the future of the show is maybe they will join up with Danny if when when and if Danny ever comes to um, Westeros because since the Griffs are gone, uh, well if a folks there's a character in the book that's gone, um, obviously if Danny comes to Westeros, she's the quote unquote Targaryen. And the Martells were a Targaryen family and never actually um, joined in the rebellion. They always backed the Targaryens and only um, joined with the King's Landing after the Targaryen king was wiped out. So that's all I can think of is that they're going to be like a force, uh, a Targaryen force in some future episode, assuming uh, Danny isn't evil and, and comes back as a quote-unquote liberator. But that's just a guess. I have no idea. I remember more what happens to Danny than I do uh, anything else. Fair enough. All right. So, like you said, Eric, that was a 
the boring and lame storyline, and so we got rid of it and we're done with it. So let's go to the good stuff. Okay. Uh, while we're talking King's about Landing. King's Landing, let's talk about that. Uh, oh, oh boy. All right. Um, so Littlefinger arrives at King's Landing, uh, and has a little talk with Lance Sell, uh, which is a little awkward. Uh, <laughs> Lance Sell basically tells him, you watch yourself. Uh, we don't take so kindly to hookers around here anymore. And Littlefinger's like, whatever, be gone. <laughs> we 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 both was it we both deal in selling fantasies mine are just enjoyable something, <laughs> something like, that. like that yeah yeah he he's that about ready to put up with Lancel's bullshit um and then uh he gets an audience with Cersei uh and Cersei asks him about uh the loyalty of uh the Tyrells uh and he's like he gives some vague answer uh, like uh I advise Robin and he usually listens to me. Something along those lines. The Aaron, right? Yeah, Aaron. Sorry. Yeah, I get the, all the names Aaron. mixed up. There are two fucking many characters in this show. Um, some more need to die already. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, and then he totally fucking sells out Sansa. Ah, oh, he made me so bad. He's like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, I saw Sansa. She's back in Winterfell. Nan, nan, boo, boo. <laughs> Asshole. Uh, I think he has a, a bigger plan than that. But what he says is simply uh, Sansa has land up in Winterfell and the Boltons are marrying, marrying her. And this pisses Cersei off because now she's thinking the Boltons are betraying her because the Boltons are supposed to be the Lannister toadies. And so mm-hmm. I think it's all intentional. And though it sounds like he's selling out Sansa, I think it's a brilliant move. Because it wedges a spike between the Boltons and the Lannisters and doesn't necessarily harm Cersei, I mean, uh, harm Sansa because there's no way Cersei's is ever going to get her hands on Sansa based off of it's a thousand miles away or whatever Winterfell is. So they just had a wedding with Sansa. Uh, Roose's, you know, only son and heir has married Sansa Stark publicly. So the word is probably going to get to Cersei before long. So he gets the brownie points for telling her That's right. without without pointing out that he's the one that arranged it yeah. all. And Phil, to your point of how far away she is, uh, Rob Stark was thousands of miles away, too. Oh, no, I, I see your point. But um, she, she's going to have to take out the Boltons along with Sansa. So there's, there's no way. And, and she's got her own issues anyway. But that's a valid point. But. I'm saying for convenience by the writers, they're saying uh-huh. here's Baelish, who's, who's what he's doing is putting a wedge between the Boltons and the Lannisters, who is uh, not worried about Sansa's safety, at least from Cersei's, because of the location. And, of course, it sets him up because he says, I'll take a force uh, from King's Landing, and she says no to that. Then he goes from the... The Veery, right? The Veil. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. And he says, I'll take them and take out the Boltons if you want. And she goes, she makes a wise re- remark, well, you're a money lender and a whore master, not a general. And he comes up with a, a quirky, uh, thing. He goes, well, I have the, the mouth 
uh, of Robin, who is the head of the Vale, and no worries there. But if I do this, you must name me the the new Lord of Winterfell, or the Lord of the North. Right, and if I screw up, you've lost a whoremonger, right? Who cares? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah exactly. But this is the other thing I'm thinking, is that he's set it up now where he says to her, in case she's too stupid to realize, but probably more for the audience, that... <laughs> Uh, well, because, you know, we're not used to dealing with, uh, f- with feudal politics, right? And, and, right. And all this stuff. Is that by, by marrying Ramsey to Sansa, he's, the, the Boltons have strengthened their hold over the North. Their claim to the North. So, he's gonna ride in with X number of arms and I'm sure has something underhanded to reseize the land. And he's going to claim he's now the Lord of Winterfell. And what could he do to improve his claim as Lord of the North after the Boltons have been executed? Oh, wait, he could marry Sansa. <laughs> exactly. And and the way... Of course, Sansa, man. I, you know what? I have done a 180 on my take on Sansa. I used to think she was one of the worst characters in the show. But at this point, I just feel so goddamn bad for that girl. <laughs> I, I do well, want to mention another thing that, that we forgot about Littlefinger. And what he says to Sansa is, it'll be easy. And, you know, she's like, no, it won't. What are you talking about? And he goes, <laughs> you don't understand. Stannis is going to hit the Boltons. They're going to destroy each other. And then I'm going to come in and sweep it up, and, you know, fill the vacuum. And, and then, like you said, Mike, then he would marry Sansa. And then he's been named by the Lannisters as the the king of the the north or or whatever the leader of the north whatever the governor. right and he's and he's a friend of caitlin starks yep and he's a friend and of Sansa. and he and he was married to lady lady aaron and the the whack job who you know it's he's got ties to this family going all the way back so he would probably be much more acceptable to the people of the north who have no clue what kind of human being he is um Except for Sansa, who's been left by him to be well. We'll get into that. Well, this is this is this is his mistake, and I think we all believe that he has no clue what Ramsay is. Right. right. And um, I suspect he thinks he that once he gets his hands on Sansa publicly, he'll be able to, to tell, uh, convince Cersei that it's better to leave her alive. That she wasn't really involved in Jeffrey's death, Joffrey's death, and he's going to sort of find some way to save her so that he can have her to himself. Um, but this is all part of it. And by the way, let's, he's, he's got, he's been named Lord of Harrenhal. Yep. He probably has a, a metric ton of, of money. He's got the veil, which is the most, uh, well defended area in the realms and now he's going to have the largest territory in the realms under his name right and i think also by the time he he would marry sansa and claim her as his wife at that point cersei's and the lannis's are going to in his eyes are probably going to be a mute wary and to be honest once he solidifies the north for himself under, he can become the new Rob Stark and and demand independence and all this other. Never mind, maybe even invade King's Landing and try to take it over as liberators or, or whatever. And, or and he gets also, there and says, "Lord Stannis, 
boy, what a mighty ass kicking you've delivered. I swear allegiance to you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's more his style. Yeah, that was just possible. If you give me Lady Sansa. Right, so then he would be the king, uh, uh, the warden of the north, with Stannis as king, maybe. That's a possibility, too. And to start that, there for the people of the north to actually listen to. Right, exactly. And again, as Mike said, he was a childhood ward of, I believe, the Tullys. Never mind marrying one of the Tullys' daughters, I mean granddaughters, which is Caitlin's daughter, Sansa. But does that mean he's satisfied with being the ward of the North, or do you think he still wants to get to the throne? Oh, I think he's much happier being uh, the puppet master behind the scenes. Yeah, that's true. And maybe, yeah, okay. All right. And well, Stannis- they did have the scene where he's he talked about, uh, we were talking with Varys earlier in first season, maybe second season. Uh-huh. And they're sitting in front of the Iron Throne, and you know, he asks him, "What does he want?" And he kind of Chaos. looks up at the throne. Chaos. You know, it's well, he 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 wants the throne. He yeah. may never get it, but he wants it. And I think a lot of this is he wanted he wanted Caitlyn Stark. He can never get her, and so he's just going to take the world instead. Right. Um, you know, this is the whole Citizen Kane thing. He wants his rosebud. Yeah. Well, no, rosebud would mean mean uh, back to childhood and and. And innocence. Well, but uh, yeah, I know. But I'm Whatever. just saying, he, he's got the thing that he he doesn't have, and he can have. Right. Okay. And so, so that's just driving landing. him. Obviously, Eric, you're pissed that he's quote unquote selling out Sansa. But what do you guys think of this plan? Is this a great plan or what? Or is it, I mean, Baelish is awesome. No, something will backfire on him. Well, maybe. So far, it hasn't really. But you could be right. But either way, it's brilliant. The man is a brilliant. A brilliant scumbag, yes. Well, who cares? I mean, all the good Oh, characters. who cares? As long as he's smart, who cares if he has any morals? It's just a TV show. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know. I mean, oh, oh, okay, Phil, whatever. That's all right. Mike and I were on that text exchange last night. We know how much you care. <laughs> we, I, you know, I, we, I, want it, I want Tywin back. I want Ned back. Those are the good characters. All the good characters are dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're stuck with crappy characters like Sansa and Stannis. So let's wrap up the, the King's Landing story. Right. See, I, I think, see, <clears throat> I, I could go either way right now with Littlefinger because on the one hand, he's been successful and his reach is getting, he's, he's extending his reach very quickly and he may be overextending it. And we know he's made a mistake or seem to think he's made a mistake with Ramsey because he doesn't know who Ramsey is. Um, and, you know, we're, we're putting a lot of faith in Sansa's ability to hold off the Boltons until he gets back. Right. Um, but at this point and the way the series has gone, I don't think they're dumping Littlefinger soon. So I'm suspecting he'll be more successful than not successful. In his head... He doesn't think he's doing Sansa any 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 harm because he's got it under all under control. We'll find out if he's really got it under as much control as he thinks, right? You know, because at, at some point, at some point, you know, that's one of the oldest stories is, you know, is that hubris comes back to bite you in the ass. Sure, and, and well, and that's the thing. Does he really have hubris, and he is that much of a jackass to think that everything's going to go perfect, or 
is he just riding the wave as it is and he's he, and he's smart enough to know that that it's that and it's not and he's not being having his hubris try to take over in other words he is making moves calculating hoping they work so far they have and yet he's still in check and he's not you know the megalomaniac yet Oh, oh, I don't know. Oh, I think he's a megalomaniac. <laughs> but either way, either way, for, a char- for whether he's a scumbag or not, uh, he's one of the more enjoyable characters. Similar to the Hound, I, I, he was a great character too. This, you know, Tyrone when Lannister was a great. I, I will say this: he's deliciously Bilish, slimy. Bilish is a great character. Absolutely, I mean, Ramsey is a great character. It's uh, hilarious, you know. So, oh, that, that doesn't oh, mean I like wow. these characters. Okay. I mean, Joffrey was a great character. Okay, you know. So, you know Varys is a great character. A lot of the weird characters are, are quirky characters. Well, right? yeah, you're right. You're right. Good characters. But anyway, um, Baelish's story is interesting. It's one of the more enjoyable stories, I think. Uh, anytime they focus on his story, uh, I think it's some of the high points of season five. But I don't even think that his is the most important thing that happens in King's Landing, which is why I try and keep getting back to it. All right, let's do it. <laughs> so... King's Landing, after, after Littlefinger has this conversation with Cersei, um, they basically have a trial. Lady Olena shows up. God damn, she's awesome. Talk about your awesome characters, Phil. She's exactly. Exactly. And, and I still peg is the most dangerous person in Westeros. <laughs> oh, her, her, her opening line for this this episode was great. She opens the window, looks at King's Landing, and goes, oh, I even smell the shit from here. Five <laughs> miles away. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> so, basically, uh, she got uh, called in by Marjorie because uh, Loris is on trial uh, for uh, being gay. Buggery. <laughs> <laughs> is that what they call it? Buggery? Yes. I missed that. That's yeah. funny. Uh, uh, buggery and something else. I forget what well, that, 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 yeah, that's a very British term for doing it up the pooper. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, they come in and they have this trial and, uh, Laura's- oh, no, you, you forgot the scene between Cersei's and, and, Lady Olenia, or whatever her name is. Yeah, the tart, the, 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 the tart mouth lady of, uh, Queen of, uh, Queen of Thorns. And the tart Queen Cersei. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, you don't remember that scene? I, oh. I checked out or something. Oh my god, yeah, it's like, you know, she <laughs> talks about pulling their funding and said, well, is that a veil? The right is, I don't see a veil. Oh, know, that, no, that I remember. That yeah, I don't yeah, see a veil. Pen, she goes, stop <laughs> writing, you know you're not writing anything. <laughs> you're just trying to drag it out, come on. Uh, it's true, too, because people do that. They just fake write because they don't want to deal with this shit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> she calls well, lady it, Olenna rules. Yeah, okay. yeah, she does. <laughs> so, uh, so on trial, basically, Loris lies his ass off about being gay. He's like, no, I'm not gay. What are you talking about? And then they get Marjorie up there and say, is he gay? And she's like, no, he's not gay. They're like, do you swear? She's like, of course I swear. And then they get Loris's gay lover up on the stand. And I he's think like, you called this, Eric. You predicted this was going to happen. Or it was Mike. When he was no, I think that, that, that must have been Eric. Mm, yeah. Uh, and he's like, uh, yeah, uh, I totally did him. And she walked in on us. So yeah, they're both liars. 
Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, now Loris and Queen Marjorie, uh, get thrown in jail, uh, by the sparrows. I hate the sparrows. I can't stand them. Oh, uh, you're supposed to hate the sparrows. Um, so that means they're doing it right. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. So, so at this point, Marjorie's in jail. Uh, I mean, really, uh, Tommen's only hope at this point is Lady Olena, uh, to not be left at the throes of whatever the fuck Cersei wants to do. Well, and, and that's just funny. You're absolutely right because Lady Olena is all that's left, right? Because his wife's gone, his, his king, God or, or the brother-in-law or whatever he is uh, is gone. They're in jail, and and this is the, the best scene of this whole trial is when Marjorie turns around and says, "Tommen, do something. I'm your your wife. I am your queen." Uh-huh. And and he could he could have just had everybody arrested right there and you know chopped off Price's head and be done with it. And instead, he just goes doesn't even say a word. He just looks in the floor like. Well, he doesn't know what to do. He's a fucking kid. He's used to being a fucking kid. He's not used to being the king. I it's not so. his fault. I guess right, so. and he wasn't raised. And so he wasn't raised to be the king the way that Joffrey was, and you know probably was taught early how to deal with. Well, I don't know if they ever taught him to deal with this particular situation. If your queen ever gets arrested because she lied about her brother's buggery, <laughs> here. Here is how you handle it. Um, well, you know, but, that's one of the books they have in the the, help, the self-help section <laughs> at the Westeros bookstore. Uh, what to do when your brother gets in prison for bugger? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you happen to be the king. Yeah, right. 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 Yeah. Oh, I boy. I, I don't know. I, I, you would have think he would have at least had a backbone. I, that pissed me off that he didn't do anything because he had so many opportunities. And you're right, Mike. He's a kid. Or Eric, you're, you know, he's a kid. And, Mike, you're right. He doesn't know... You know, because he was still being trained by Tywin before Tywin got, you know, shot. Well, and as if we didn't hate Cersei enough, he looks pleadingly as his own mother for help. And she's just like, yeah, whatever. It's like, what a bitch, man. Seriously. Yeah, she's sitting there kind of laughing to herself because, ah, I knew all along what was going to happen. And all of us are Who thinking. Who cares if my son's heart is breaking? Didn't you fuck your cousin? And isn't your cousin one of these little uh-huh. sparrows? And, yep. and now, admittedly, I don't under, I don't know the, um, the, 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 the religion of the seven. Um, I know that it frowns on buggery. Well, <laughs> you know what? We do, all we know is this this interpretation. Because again, you know, it's like any religion: Islam, Christianity, Judaism, Buddhism, whatever, Hinduism, whatever. They're going to take the book and they're going to say it's this way, and then someone else is going to say no, no, it's this way. And sure enough, these sparrows are taking it a certain way, and they're saying this is how it is. And buggery is against the seven. But we don't know that. I mean, I didn't read the book. You didn't read the book. Other people are, are doing the buggery and they're still going to church. So who knows? The truth. <laughs> All we know is that these people are dictators and saying you do it our way or that, and that's it. Well, and, and here's the thing that's happening right here that's that's of note is that the church just imprisoned royalty. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and what happens if if 
if I don't even believe in that faith. I'm one of them. Uh, Ex- the exactly. Witch. You know yeah. what are they going to do? Are they going to just burn me like the witch burns everybody <laughs> else? I mean, I don't know what the hell's going on here. Well, I, but again, you're dealing with post enlightenment values, and you know, one of the reasons, like the United States, yeah. you know, one of the reasons that we have the 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 freedom from religion. Uh, freedom of religion clause, rather, is that when, like, well, when I was saying, like, when we, when you, uh, when you tried to get married in the colonial, in the colonial days, you had to have an Anglican minister at your wedding. You didn't have to be Anglican. You had to have the minister there, and you had to pay him to be there, even if it was to sit in the back and take a nap because you were having a Jewish wedding or a Catholic wedding or, you know, a gay wedding, whatever it was you were having at the time. Um, you 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 had to have them there, so they don't care that you're not one of the seven. Yeah, but but it's 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 crazy because let me explain why it's crazy because you know we've seen the North gods right and where they go to the the tree and they pray under the tree yes. and whatever, and then when all the Lannisters and all these people came up to Winterfell and all that. No one was arrested and killed because, you know, you didn't believe in the tree. And then you, if you wanted to pray to the old gods, you can do it. But if you want to pray to the new gods, you can do it. No one cares. But these people, these Sparrow people, it's unbelievable how easily they are accepted in power because King's Landing seems like a fairly, um, I guess, progressive city where <laughs> there's members from all different areas of the world that have different religions. So... Uh, It's kind of bizarre to see how easily they took over and all these foreigners that live there, and I say foreigners in a positive note, not as a negative note, that have different religions from the north or from Essos or from wherever. You know, I don't know. Here's the thing, though. I I I don't th- I think they were pretty much just gaining power through their own actions until Cersei stepped in. And here's how stupid Cersei is. Steer- Cersei thought, "Oh, well I'll take the the old leader of the church and throw him in jail and put this new guy in charge since he'll be on my side. Uh and I'll use him to get all these people out of my way so that I can control the king since the king is the ultimate power and I will have the ultimate power." But in the process of doing that, she has put the church in the position where it's more powerful than the fucking king, so she's not going to have the power. Well, right, she's forgotten her own lesson, going back to the first season, which is when which is her lesson to Littlefinger, that power is power. Right. <laughs> and she's in the position now where she thinks she's going to tell him what to do. And she's going to have no sticks. She's not going to have a guard to, to be able to pull out a sword and put to the throat of the High Sparrow. And she doesn't have Tywin to haul her ass out of the fire anymore. And, right. Yeah, that's true. And, and another thing that's crazy about her, too, is is that she is like those old women that don't want their son or daughter to marry and you know you have to live with me and take care of me until I'm dead and blah, 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 and then their 60-year-old child never marries and is this weird loser and becomes another loser like their the mother was. And because <laughs> we got a couple of those in our family. The, where are you going yeah, with this, Phil? Yeah, well Mike knows what I'm talking about. And my point is is that her son <laughs> is is this seventeen year old kid whose wife is now arrested meaning he's gonna have to remarry. There's gonna be someone else that's that is from another prominent family that's gonna marry him 
So what is she, her point? If 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 it's the Tyrells that are out of the picture, it's going to be the 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 Tullys or the Martells or the Mormonts or someone else that's going to be there. So oh, they'll gonna, they'll find somebody. They'll marry him to Gilly or somebody that's not going to be a threat. Well, it has um, to be, it has to be someone of, of, of from an important family though. It can't be a commoner. Because that's why. Well, I ran, uh, but I'm saying you know, they'll they'll Sansa. find someone suitable. And the problem with with Sansa and not Sansa Cersei, she had two issues. One, she was betrothed to Loras, yep. and she didn't want to marry Loras. But what about the money? That the, without the money, as as Lady Orlando was talking about, we're going to cut that money out. Well, she doesn't think that they'll stop giving the money because she's so stupid. They, 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 well, well, because. Yeah, she's not that. Th- she doesn't think things through. Well, what, what about this, Lady Elena? I don't know if it was just convenience of the writers to throw it in there, because it was a pretty veiled threat that you would think she would stop and think about it for a second. But she basically said, Lady Elena said that we could pull the money and we could invade or rebel or fight, just like Rob Stark did. Basically, she implied that. Our mm-hmm. house and our land could rebel from the kingdom, and now you have another kingdom that's basically saying, "F you, try to come over and, and take me up." Well, she was basically saying, "We'll take the money," and Cersei was taking it to then lead to a more active uh, debate because basically that would ruin the Lannisters and could, right. and could bankrupt the kingdom, and then they would really be screwed, and then they would probably take arms up against um, against the Tullys. Not Tully's. You mean uh, uh, t- t- whatever they had name is. Terrell's. Terrell's, yeah. Right. So, yeah, it would end up provoking a war, but I don't think they would start the war, if that makes any sense. No, it does. That does. So, so what, it, what it does is basically gives Cersei's the power of the throne, in a sense, and that throne is basically her backyard because no one else will, will be following her throughout the kingdom. Right, and she didn't get, and I think this was a really important line from Elena, is that, you know, she said, you know, you would think we'll let you take away our future because of the way power runs through the males in the family. Loris is the only male in the male heir. He is their future. In the same way that Tommen is the future of the Lannisters, and Jamie is the future of the Lannisters. And, and right. yet, that isn't that wrong? Because I mean, you know how, for example, say if all the the monarchs of of England get die in a plane crash or somehow, then the seventh cousin who's related to them becomes king or queen. So it's not like like if Loras can't marry or gets killed or executed for buggery, it doesn't mean that they're doomed because then they can get the third cousin that would would become the new leader. But think. I guess it would, my my guess is that it just it would be weaker. There would be more questions and more challenges as yeah, to who it is that actually. Just, just as you know, as soon as you had question as to whether or not Joffrey was a legitimate heir, yep. you know that erupted into warfare. Sure. You know, so which, who is the rightful Lannister? Uh, not Lannister. Who is the rightful uh, Tyrell? And right. it and you know the fact that everybody knows that um, the brother. Uh, Renly. Renly was not the legitimate heir, no matter how you split the hairs. That's right. But, but he still tried to lay a claim anyway. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he had a good number of followers for, for that matter. Right. So, yeah, you, you, you do put things at risk. You, you'd rather not rock the boat. Right. 
Yeah. So it, you know, it's it's very convoluted, yet it all makes sense, except for one thing, and that is that Cersei is insane. Absolutely Not just insane, insane stupid. But yeah. but that makes sense too because we've watched her character now for four and a half years, right. and she's not she is she is petty and venal and not as and not as smart as she thinks he is, and this this plays perfectly into exactly what, what we've known her to be so far. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. And both her father and her younger brother both said that about her that she thinks she's smarter than she really is. And so the so the questions. So then the question is going to be, is there somebody who comes in that that saves her ass or figures a way out of this? Right. Or is, the, or is King's Landing going down and with it, Tommen, with it, the Lannister family, with it, and in which case that's the reason they had to get, story-wise, they probably had to get Jamie out of there. Because yeah. God forbid he was stuck in King's Landing when it fell apart. No, that's a fair point. Well, and that's um, the thing, it also depends on you know, I haven't read the books, and you haven't read the books, Mike, and Eric has, but I'm sure we've all read through posts on the internet and whatever. Will another force, like you said, come in and try to solidify the Lannister family, or will the showrunners decide to change what is in the books and choose something else altogether? Right, and I, I tend to think... Like I said, I do believe that when the Red Woman says to Stannis, "I see you on the Game of on the Game of Thrones," I see you on the yeah. Iron Throne, because uh, he has been on the Game of Thrones since season two. When I see you on the I see you on the Iron Throne, that we will at some point see him on the Iron Throne. He may be dead, but we will see him on the Iron Throne. Mm-hmm. So he has to get to King's Landing. He has to make it into the city. He has to make it to the throne room. Right. Um, and it may be with I, his dying breath, but. Right, the vision will come true because they have so far. But, uh, or you're, or maybe he sits on the blade wrong and, and gets an infection, and but uh, and then gets arrested for buggery. <laughs> <laughs> but this, that's what the name of this episode should have been called: buggery, buggery, uh, game of buggery. But I, I could see this. Stannis comes in, he takes the north. King's Landing is falling apart, and and it's being run by religious wackos who don't have real military training and who are not wearing armor, <laughs> as the hound as the hound taught us uh, that uh, Sir Barristan Selmy you know beat Serio uh, Forel because he was wearing armor. Um, so they're on our and that will be basically Stannis's invitation to take it, walk into King's Landing, and take it over. That that might be where it where I could see it going. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so shall we move on to Winterfell then? Speaking of Stannis, yes. Let's do it. Well, wait, no, not yet. Let's talk. Let's let's end with Winterfell because uh, that's where oh, the episode right, right, actually right. ends. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't discuss the the, the sons. Yes, it, <laughs> Jorah and Tyrion. Yeah, that storyline. Uh, not a whole lot to tell here. Uh, they're traveling along. Tyrion tells Jorah what went down at King's Landing because he didn't know about that. Um, also, also what, ha- what went down in wh- uh, the wall with his father. True. Uh, so they have a little heart to heart, and then they get captured by slavers. That's right. Although, it was a good Tyrion moment. Has a, Tyrion has a great line. Uh, 
which is that the slaves are about to kill him, and they're like, he's like, no, 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 wait, don't kill me. Uh, and and one of the slavers says, kill him and, and chop off his cock and send it to so and so. Dwarf cock is supposed to be good good luck, and he's like, no, 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 but wait, how would they know where it came from without the drawers attached to it? And I go, and they go because it'll be a dwarf sized cock. cock, and he just goes, gets again. Yeah. <laughs> That was awesome. Uh, on, on the, on, let's be honest, on the, the, the most uh, mature and cultured way possible. That was hysterical, yes. <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, I did like, see, they had the exchange. and It's a reminder of how cut off people are and how out of the loop um, uh, Jorah is because he didn't know that Tyrion had killed his own father. And right. he didn't know that his own father had died. And right. this is the first time that they've actually deliberately connected the dots for the audience instead of letting the audience do it themselves. Uh-huh. That, uh, Lord Mormont and Jor- and Jorah were, of course, father and son. They've meant, they've certainly paralleled it quite a bit. Well, and, they and they've had conversations the with same it. Same last name. And they do have the same last name, right. But, like you said, certain people, believe it or not, Eric, have trouble keeping track of the names on the show. I don't know how. <laughs> so, right. So when Jorah Mormont, not Jorah Mormont, when the Lord Mormont gives Jon Snow the sword, you know, and says it was belonged to his son, but his son was exiled for slavery, you know, that's, you know, you're supposed to pick up that that's Jorah's sword that, that Jon Snow is carrying right now. Um, so, anyway, so this was the first time they really... Del- deliberately said in case you missed all the little bits and pieces that we not so didn't very subtly hide but had out there yes that's a, that's father and son but um just the idea that he, he forgot to find out his father died and getting his response I, it was a nice scene it was a nice moment but right basically so they were there to watch Adebisi come in and 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 take them away as slaves yeah uh, for those who don't know, the, the, the head slaver, uh, I, I can never remember how to pronounce the guy's name. I'm not even going to try, but he had, he's the guy who played Mr. Echo on Lost. Oh, um, yeah. oh right, right, right. Okay. And, yeah. and, and if you want to see him in, in his full schlongitude, you could see him in Oz playing Adebisi. <laughs> Did you just use the word schlongitude? Is Oz a, 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 like a prison type thing? Yes, it's so it's a prison it's, thing. So there, so yes, it's 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 um. So it's yes, party. buggery. Yes, that was that. The Oz was very much game of buggery. Absolutely. <laughs> um. Again, and and it was it was a sausage factory. The entire series, um, lots and lots of male nudity. Yes, of sausages. Yes. I get it. Yes. All right. All right. None of them dwarf sized. <laughs> Which, by the way. Are not dwarf sized, right? And, and by the way, just FYI, Peter Dinklage has been quoted as saying that's true in real life. Uh, that a lot of people assume that it's dwarf sized, but it's not. Well, I had read one of those articles. Uh, maybe it was from Cracked or something, but it's one of those like you know six things that you wouldn't know about a dwarf, or you say, know, once you know about being a dwarf or something like that, that somebody who was a dwarf or a little person had written. Uh-huh. And that and 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 not surprisingly, <laughs> that was like numbers one through through four. You know, it's, it's not uh, it's not teeny weeny. No, no, no. All right. So, any further things on the juror? Ty Tyrion storyline, uh, 
it'll be curious what the slavers do with them. Obviously, they're going to bring them to probably Danny. Is my guess. I mean, that's what it's. I, you know, at this point, they're they're getting different enough from the book that I'm, I'm having trouble remembering what the book was, and I'm also having trouble remembering where the book went. So I don't even know anymore because I mean, this whole line with uh, with Tyrion and Jorah and the slavers and Grayscale kind of happened in the book, but it wasn't this way. It was all different, so I can't quite remember. Gotcha. All right, so we'll we'll just have to wait and see, and uh, it'll be curious to see. I, I, one thing I will say, and I don't think it's a spoiler because it was in the season five preview uh, trailer, and it shows Jorah in some sort of um, the fighting pits, most likely based off of uh, what I saw in that trailer. So, oh, and that goes along with something he said to the slavers about how he was a famous fighter and uh, let him prove his worth. Yeah, that he took out uh, one of the top Daraki uh-huh. and all that other stuff. So, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. So, that's curious. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, but that was pretty small, but a much more interesting uh, storyline than most of Tyrion this year um, as well as anything we saw in Dawn this episode. So, even though it was as short as the Dawn, it was much more interesting. Um yeah, and this is, and, and if there's anything, and I've sort of defended this season, I'm like, I'm not fond of every episode and I've had my complaints, uh, but I think if there's anything this season's hurting for, it's the fact that Tyrion has not been in a situation, uh, to really have good dialogue. Right. And because he's not gonna have that with Jorah. It's just not the kind of character he is. In the past, we've had him, te- you know, teamed up with with his father, uh, or with Varys, you know, with characters that he could get a little, or Bronn, mm-hmm. that he could have some witty verbal repartee. And here, well, he had a bit with Varys, but he was drunk most of the time and depressed, so he wasn't in the mood to talk. And he really hasn't had much to say here and a lot of his scenes have felt like filler just to say and he's sailing he's and he's alive. sailing yes right excuse me yes so he's still sailing all right and, and time filler so we're hoping you know at some point that this situation resolves itself but it, i think that's one of the things that that hurts is that Tyrion doesn't have anybody to play off of well and, and he's basically thing. sidelined a lot of people are complaining about the season being slow, and they're not wrong. But well, here's here's the deal: is that the books are much, 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 much slower, and they've actually done a really good job of condensing twelve hundred pages of nothing into five episodes of something. Right. Uh, so take it, people. Take it. You're getting the better end of the deal. And I, I would like to um, say that I don't necessarily agree with Mike about Tyrion and Jorah. Uh, I think the problem isn't their banter because when they do talk, uh, it has been fun and interesting. I think the problem. Well, and is, and I'll tell you this: I would go to a uh, a Jorah-Tyrion poetry slam. Oh, for sure. But I would say that the re- the problem isn't that. I think the problem is is that Tyrion isn't in King's Landing doing his his thing, and that's right. that's playing the Game of Thrones. He's he's a puppet master like uh, Baelish. Exactly, and he, but he's not doing that now. Only he's I, the better one, right? The point being, he's he's sidelined. Yes, yeah, he's yeah, sidelined. 
So yep. I don't necessarily say fault his scenes with Jor or their conversation. It's it's I fault the the storyline because the storyline is just trying to get to A to to Z, and Z happens to be Danny, and so he's not playing the Game of Thrones while he's getting there. Right. Um, so it's out of character for what we've seen the last four seasons with the character. Well, and I just had this exchange with somebody on Facebook, but it's every everything. If you look at where everybody was at the beginning of the season. Characters have moved around. Things have changed. You know that you've seen Jon Snow become Lord Commander, and then he's off to, to negotiate a treaty with uh, the Men of the North. You've got Stannis marching down towards uh, Winterfell. You have movement on pretty much every front. You're watching King's Landing taken over by religious fanatics. So when people say nothing's happening, if you if you went from if you watched episode one this season and then watched episode six, you go, I missed a lot. Right. Yeah. Well, um, you, know, you, you absolutely would. I think and the problem for them isn't isn't that, even though that's what they keep on saying that oh, uh, there's not enough happening or this or that or whatever. I think the problem is is that they're saying that the issue is what you're implying, Mike. But the real issue to them is probably do X Machina. In other words, the Sparrow came out of nowhere. Um, the character, you know, the Game of Thrones that they were used to, where it was the Lannises versus the Starks versus this, this versus that, is gone because it's completely different now. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just that it's not what they ex- were expecting. Yeah, but there's always been things like um, the Faceless Man, like the Brotherhood with Banners. There's always been story elements that kind of came out of nowhere um, or seemed to come out of nowhere. Um, I think the big thing is that when you look from between the Red Wedding, which was episode nine of season three, and episode nine of season four, which was the Battle at the Wall, an awful lot of dominoes fell. You had the Red Wedding, you had the Purple Wedding, you had Tyrion's trial, um, you had uh, well, all this stuff happened that basically had been set up for two seasons. Well, the Death of the Hound was the episode ten of season four. Um, all these things happened that have been set up for years, and they knocked everything down in that, in that basically one year. And that's why I think so many people, myself included, loved season four, is because just shit happened every week. Yep. But this was all stuff that had been set up years in advance. Right, right. Now they're picking up the pieces and saying, they said, okay, this is what, we cleared the board, this is what's left over. And now they're setting the pieces back up again. You can't expect to be halfway through the season and, and, and get any kind of a resolution. Now, if there is no resolution to the Tyrion story or to the Sansa story or to um, the Cersei story by the end of the season, all right, you can complain all you want that there was no progress and no motion and, and nothing was happening. But give them the season to tell the story. This is the way narrative in modern TV works, things work on, especially in Game of Thrones, they tend to work on season-long story arcs as opposed to, you know, 45-minute bites. Right. Well, what about this problem um, that uh, I could see people complaining about, which is Tyrion getting to Danny may happen this season, but it may happen episode 10, and then, so it was just him traveling for 10 episodes, and then we have to wait until next year for we, that, but but then when Stannis gets to the Winterfell or Baelish gets from Winterfell to King's Landing, it, it only takes two episodes. Well, that's what we, I mean, we had a whole season of 
Brienne walking through Westeros with Jamie. We had a whole season of Jon Snow traveling through, actually two seasons of Jon Snow wandering up the north one season and back down south the next season. <laughs> we had, we had a whole season of, um, there was another one that I was thinking of, but I, I, of, uh, I said Brienne and Jamie, of, of Theon and, you know, being tortured. Mm-hmm. Right? So this is not a new thing with Game of Thrones. And we're torturing, and we're torturing. Torturing, and we're torturing. <laughs> right. The whole Reek storyline took us forever to get to, to get to him becoming Reek. And getting his weenie popped off. Also not dwarf sized. <laughs> but again, you know, this is a small, well, I don't know if it's a minority, but it's at least a loud group of people. Loud, yes. Yeah. But anyway. It is what it is. So I guess we, we should probably move on now to uh, the Winterfell story because that's pretty much that's left. Oddly, Brienne and Pod's story was left out completely. So that was another little side story that they didn't have in this episode. But um, I guess we would probably have to say, even though the, the King's Landing story was, was pretty huge, um, the Winterfell story was probably as as important. <laughs> Moving the pot ahead, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. And, and did you notice it was snowing? It was, yeah. Winter has arrived. <laughs> Winter is coming. But does that mean it's there for the long haul, or is it there just for a couple of days? Or we'll whatever? see. Yeah, we will see. And and that may not be a good thing for uh, invaders of Winterfell. Yeah, there's gonna snow be could snowfall. slow down an invading force like, oh, I don't know, a Stannis. Or even Baelish, for that matter. So, yes. Yeah, so that's- Stan- Stannis is now estimated to arrive in Season 6 due to snow. <laughs> right, and Baelish will, will be 7 because he picks up the pieces. So, I don't know. Uh, basically, well, first there's this scene with uh, Sansa taking a bath. Uh, and- <laughs> Settle down, Phil. Uh- <laughs> and uh, what's her face? Uh, Melinda? <laughs> is is uh, scrubbing her back, uh, but she's Miranda. also trying to Miranda. Miranda thank you, uh, God. I don't understand how people can get confused with names in this show. Um, but she's basically trying to plant seeds in Sansa's head, um, trying to tell her all the horrible stories of things that have happened to uh, Ramsay's previous exes, uh, and. Sansa has a moment and basically shuts her down completely and, and basically says, look, shut up, you little twat. You obviously have feelings for him and want him for yourself. It's not going to work. Fuck off. I'm not afraid of you. Uh, <laughs> Silly Sansa. And, and, well, works. basically, uh, though, that, I thought that was a great moment in the development of Sansa's character. It's like the first time she's like had some balls like that. Unfortunately, her judgment may need some work still. Uh, because maybe she should have listened a little closer. Uh, so basically what happens is that Theon shows up. And as was agreed uh, in the dinner scene in the previous episode, Theon's giving her away at the wedding, which was not her idea. Now, Eric, uh, can I interject for one moment? Um, th- this scene where she tells Miranda to basically F off, I don't think she wasn't listening in a sense. I think it was more her knowing that Miranda was just a SOB. Oh, I think it was both. 
Right. What is your opinion, Mike? Do you, do you think she wasn't listening, or it, that wasn't even the point? The point was is that I know how, what you're trying to do to me. Get the hell away from me. I, I think she knows what Miranda was trying to do. I don't know that she knows that Miranda is actually telling the truth while she's doing what she's trying to do. Okay. All right. So, so you, you, and Eric are pretty much in alignment. Okay. Okay. I. I well, I'm not. Saying, I'm saying I don't. I honestly don't know. We know that Sansa's heard it. Yeah. Whether she's believed it. Yeah. Right. Or she's just put up a strong face. Because let's be honest, this is Sansa. She has, at this point, should have no doubt uh, about the potential cruelties of other human beings. Especially the militants, based off of them killing some of her family and taking over the, the North. Well, and she's seen what they did to Theon, even though she doesn't like Theon and figures he deserves it. What she may not understand is that Ramsay Bolton is basically... Joffrey. It is basically Joffrey, but with wit and intelligence and cunning. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he's a fun character, absolutely. And, but he has, but where, where Joffrey was a, an idiot, right, with limited guile and just, you know, the, well, you know, heard, it, was a blunt crack. instrument. Yeah, yeah is, is that Ramsey has, has a lot of creativity, and so his cruelty can take forms that Joffrey, they would have been great friends, right? Well, here's the thing. I uh, heard a great theory on, uh, it was actually on the Storm of Spoilers podcast, uh, which stars Joanna Robinson as one of the hosts. Uh, and this is not something that happens in the book, so it's not a spoiler. It's a theory that they had, but I think it's an awesome theory, which is that remember back when uh, he was messing with Theon and he actually had somebody help Theon escape yeah. and then recaptured him? Oh, that was a terrible thing because Theon's going, well, well, no, right? Because they're pulling his pants down to rip. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what if, okay, remember how the lady came up to Sansa and was like, uh, if you ever need help, go light a candle in the tower? Yes. What if that person was sent by Ramsay just to mess with her head? Right. I, oh, I, that would be so mean. Well, let me ask you this about, about Sansa and the Ramsay and Miranda. When Miranda says these things, let's say she does believe everything Miranda said. But uh-huh. just told her to go f off because you're just some, you know, um, hound keeper. But the thing is, is there's not much she can do about it anyway. True. Right? So it's not like she can say, you know what, I'm getting out of here, or I'm not going to marry him, or what? What's she going to do at this point? So right. I don't know. Either way, um, it's uh, a good character development for her and. It's basically the beginning of the end of her quote unquote fun, not a fun quote unquote, uh, <laughs> uh, normal stay at Winterfell, I should say. Yeah, yeah, so let's get to it. Yeah. Um, so, so Theon, Theon shows up to, uh, give her away at the wedding and she doesn't want to touch him. So, uh, she does not do as instructed oh, to take the, his the, arm. The best line, he goes, but if, if you don't grab my arm and take my arm, He's going to punish me. And she goes, I don't give a rat's ass if he punishes what he does to <laughs> Right. <laughs> so she goes and she marries Ramsey. And then they get back to the room. And all of a sudden, Ramsey's mask comes off. Um, and he's basically like, my father tells me you're still a virgin. Why? <laughs> She's like, right. what? What do you mean? 
And she goes, he's like, why are you still a virgin? You were married. Were you afraid of dwarves? Um, and this whole thing progresses badly uh, until basically uh, he's in full psycho mode and essentially uh, takes Senza against her will. He goes, um, okay, I, I guess now since it's our wedding night, you can take off your clothes. And so Theon, you know, lowers his head to, you know, walk out and shut the door like, you know, you would think. And he goes, no, Reek, you must watch. I must have you watch all this. And, and Theon's like, what? I mean, right. Theon's humanity coming back as not just being a slave, but like, what do you mean, watch? Are you sick? Uh-huh. And never mind the fact that, you know, he, this sicko who did what he did to me is now married to someone that I grew up with. And right. This is not good. So, but yeah, now you can explain what happened. So Theon oh. is forced to sit, stay in the room during the consummation, quote unquote, consummation. Of- I was going to say, technically it's a consummation of the marriage, but, uh, yeah, uh, yeah you could use the R word here. Uh, Sansa's not into it. Uh, and let's just say if it really is her first time, uh, poor girl, uh, wow, he's not gentle. Well, I think um, I'm not uh, not going to diminish what happens, but I think if we're going to be honest, that this probably was not uncommon practice. You know that uh, the woman was married, and they didn't have a whole lot of Doctor Ruth back then, right. and it was usually a young girl who didn't know what the hell was going on, uh-huh. and a guy who just knew what he wanted to get on, or off, or into, and. <laughs> Buggery? I don't. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know that I would call it. <laughs> oh, you just killed me, Phil. Sorry. Oh, I don't, so I don't know that. I don't know that it was something that would have been considered rape at the time. Right. I think now we would look on it certainly differently. Yeah. Um, but I think well, Sansa. So, so, in Game of Thrones world, it might not be considered rape. In 21st century America, it certainly yeah. would. But let's also consider that she was ready to do this with with um, with Tyrion, right? Right. Yeah, she. I mean, she went there and ready to let him have her way with her. She. This is a girl who has, in many ways, been sort of beaten into acceptance. Right. Uh, mostly by Joffrey, not by so much by Tyrion. But this also says something about Ramsay because Ramsay, on one, is sort of is trying to be normal ever since he got his name. Uh huh. And yet he still does crap like this. Uh huh. And by right. the way, not not a shock that he's doing it doggy style, right? I mean, <laughs> right. Um. Well, well also it, it's it is bizarre because obviously she she just married him, and so she knows. She's going to have to have some relations. Unfortunately, right. the problem is Theon's is, watching. Theon is watching, which makes it sick, and it's not Theon's fault. And two, Ramsay decides to be a crazy man, and so it's abuse. It's some sort of abuse because well, she she's willing to to have the relations, but he's abusing her when he's doing it. Well, the abuse is that she's. Forced to marry Ramsay, right? Yeah, and okay, that, that's true. Yeah, I guess you could you could argue because she she oh, certainly that's actually Bayless abusing her, right? And again, now I'm here's what I want I want to know about Ramsay because I'm not sure <clears throat> because he is messed up in the head. 
Does he not realize she wouldn't be into this? Like, in other oh, words... no, he realizes she wouldn't be into this, and that's why he wants he, to do it. I think... I don't think... You know what it is, Mike? This is what it is. He's just a cruel person. So he could have kicked Reek out or, or Theon out like a normal person would have. And then he could have just done it. He could have been gentle and whatever. Even if she wasn't really into it, he didn't have to be a scumbag. But he's just a cruel person. And so but, this is fun to him to demean people. He likes demeaning people. He, even Miranda, who is his quote-unquote lover, he demeans. So he's just... a a bad, he's a psychopath. Oh yeah, I know, I'm just wondering, does he, on, does not on some level, is he thinking that she'll enjoy humiliating Theon like he, this? I don't think no, he okay. is. I, th- I think he is. Okay. Just, just his, the way he thinks, which is, I like making people feel terrible and bad and degraded. And this makes me happy. So, and so I think that's, that's what he's thinking. This makes right, me happy. Right, because he's, because he has, like I said, he has tried in his way, Right to be well, uh, things are expected of me now. I'm a Bolton now, and but so he has to throw in his his uh, degrading t- way to do it because he likes. Right, it. but I'm not sure if he's understanding how fucked up he actually is. No, I don't. Think, <laughs> I don't think he. I don't think he thinks he's fucked up at all. I think he. Right. This is his thought process because he's insane. He's psychopath. Okay. So all right, I was just uh, it's uh, yeah, and I, I, I was I was kind of waiting for this to turn like when they were because they were focusing on. Theon's face, uh-huh. and I could almost see him like going Darth Vader or Return of the Jedi, and like going no, and grabbing Ramsay and hurling right. him out the window or something. Right. I'm glad they, which I'm glad they didn't do, but yes. I think we know that moment is coming. Yeah, it's yeah. There's going to be some comeuppance, whether it is them just fleeing the building or whether Ramsay gets killed. I don't know, but something's going to happen because obviously, based they wouldn't. This storyline is too important to just have it drag on over and over until Stannis comes. So something's going to happen. But again, though, I don't know if it will be any harm to Ramsay. If anything, it would just be him getting pissed because she runs away or something. Well, because here's the thing. It's are they meeting like, well, I'm trying to write the story. Um, are they going to meet out on the battlefield or are they going to be storming Winterfell? Because then it's a question of where Ramsey will be during the battle that he's supposed to be leading or co-leading. Right. Will re- and, and in which case, if he's not in Winterfell, then I don't think Sansa will be with him, but he could very well still have, have, uh, right. have Theon as his, his aide. Yeah, true. And we know, unlike Joffrey, he's not going to run away. This is a guy that, you know, we saw when he fought, uh, Theon's sister, in the kennels, you know, I mean, this guy's willing to go right into the battle. He's not, so he could just die as a hero, to be honest. They may not have him die as, as a evil villain. He'll be still an evil villain, but I could see him dying on the battlefield and not dying in some, you know, like someone stabs him in the back. Yeah. Or I could see Miranda killing him. I don't know. There's any number of people. Let's say there's, there's no shortage of people, sort of like Joffrey. There's no shortage of people that could, that, that could, Give sure. him a, a, a deserved but, but my uh, own, knife in the back. The, Buggering the with a sword. <laughs> but the only difference is is that Ramsey could die oddly, no matter how much of a scumbag he is, could die a hero's death because he's the type of guy that could die on the battlefield. He's not just the type of guy that like Joffrey that could be killed by someone that hates him. <laughs> oh, I hope <laughs> he just gets killed on the toilet just like Tywin. Yeah, that, well, that's another point. Yeah, so it, we don't know how he's going to die. I, it would be, with Game of Thrones, it wouldn't surprise me if they did something where he dies. The I hope he gets flayed. That would be ironic. 
That would be ironic. Okay. But you uh. know, what? if if they go that way, it's too too obvious. I want them to do something which is unobvious, which is maybe he lands on the Game of Thrones and he wins it all and he becomes king. <laughs> <laughs> God, and, people of Westeros. The, and the Game of Thrones is won by <laughs> it's won by Sam and Osha come and on down this morning on CNN we are sad to report that thousands of Game of Thrones fans worldwide <laughs> have committed suicide <laughs> I would be laughing my ass off to be honest. I would not be upset uh, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so that's how the episode ends with basically... Yeah, it Theon ends uh, with Sansa getting raped. Uh-huh. Well, well, Theon's face. He ever said no. And Theon is like <laughs> looking in disgust at what's happening, and then that goes to black. Yeah, they, they, they fade to black before Theon hulks out. Yes, and the last thought in Theon's head was, I used to have one of those. <laughs> That's mean. So, anyway. uh, uh, so yeah, that's the episode. Uh, you know, the wedding. So there's another wedding, as we see. Um, I gotta say, as Game of Thrones weddings go, this one was fairly uneventful. And, and I got, and I gotta tell you, let me say yes to the dress. You know, I had to go with a winter theme, so it was kind of yeah. heavy, but yeah, hey, no, she looked good. Yeah, she good did design. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the ceremony was generally nice. I mean, there was no nothing bad. <laughs> Except for the fact that it was Ramsey, but other than that. Yeah. And Sansa's going, I was supposed to marry Loris. Loris, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Tywin, you asshole. Anyway. Uh, Poor Sansa. So, uh, that's that's episode six. Um the the preview for episode seven shows uh, a number of interesting things, including Marjorie without makeup locked away in a cell. Um, so that storyline is coming back next week. Mike, you said that you saw was it Jon Snow was in it? In I think Snow because he has see Redbeard in it. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, Giants man. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know uh, where they're going to go. What stories they're going to truly focus on? Whether it'll be small stuff or not, but um, we're getting close. I mean, episode seven, then eight, and then boom, we got number nine. So eight last season was a big one. Nine was a big one. So yeah, there's only four episodes. So yeah, there could be a couple of big episodes coming up with deaths and uh, major uh, turning points in the story. Yeah. Any any ideas? Anyone want to throw out a guess? Cersei's screwed. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the, that, that could be true. Cersei's screwed. The reason I don't think that there's a problem, I think that Baelish will come out on top, is because I think the Boltons are screwed. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, I, I'm I'm not sure Jon Snow is going to get a good reception. Where from the from the the men of the north? Yeah, or there's, whatever no, there's, there's no single north of wall. <laughs> Get it? Reception. <laughs> oh, uh, as, as long as you enjoy, enjoyed it, that's, yeah, that's yeah. all that um, Maybe we'll we'll find out about Danny and and uh, I forget the guy's name that she's supposed to marry. Nobody knows his name. He's a doofus. Phil knew it last week. Yeah, I did. I did. I, I forget what it is now, though. But 
Either way, uh, who knows? Um, so yeah, that's uh, pretty much it. Any further thoughts, or should we wrap it up? Anyone? Anyone? No, I'm thinking we should have a. Uh, they should come out with a, a board game, Name of Thrones, and that would be. <laughs> I Can would you lose. name name this character? Well, well, there's, there's uh, Hodor. I know Hodor. I there's, can do Hodor. There's Miranda. There's Missandra. There's there's uh the witch. What's her name? Melisandre, right? And Melisandre. <laughs> what, what's, what's Danny's? Marcella. 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 Yeah, and then Mil- Miranda. <laughs> and then, and then uh, the first season I was always confused, or second season, Tyrion, Tywin, uh. uh I, I what the always, fuck was Danny's brother's name? Oh, Ver- Viserys. Oh, Viserys. Yeah, Varys, Varys and Viserys. Yes, no, Varys and Viserys. It's yeah, like, oh, oh, and, and then season one there was Jorah Mormont and then his father, who was the- Lord Mormont. The, yeah, well, I got all that confused, and 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 know who nobody screwed up? Khal Drogo. <laughs> nobody miss, screwed up Khal Drogo. I miss Drogo. I like Drogo. <laughs> yeah, but he did the same uh, thing as what Ramsey did. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's kind of gross. But but see, that's that's it. And somebody did say, didn't we see her like get raped by her husband in the first season? Um. Yeah, and it's so. This isn't anything new. It's just that Sansa seems a little different, and it's, but it, it's still, you know, that's what a lot Sansa's of this creepier is because there's funny. a spectator. And let's be honest: if Sansa got her way and got to marry Loras, we would have watched the same exact scene play out, except Loras would have been the one who wasn't enjoying it <laughs> <laughs> because he because of the buggery, <laughs> uh, and she'd be like, "No, no, not that one." <laughs> God, that's terrible. All right, that's that's. I, that's I, I'm a virgin, but I'm pretty sure that's not where that go, that goes. Uh. Uh, well, what was the line that uh, that Marjorie has when she was talking about to? Uh, which I think she was talking to Joffrey after Renly's killed, and she's like, "And I don't know how that was going to result in a child anyway." You know, it's that sort of <laughs> right. Oh jeez! Uh, all right, all right, all right. That's enough. That's enough. All right, so, buggery. Enough uh, buggery. So uh, next week's episode will not be called buggery. It will be called uh, <laughs> because they're not listening to us. Uh, no, no, no. Um, it will be called the gift. Oh, does it start Keanu Reeves? I don't think it does. Uh, Actually, Keanu uh, Reeves didn't star in that. He was more of a, a side character. Yeah, but yeah. still. Yeah, it's, it starred, uh, um, Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Yes. Yeah, that's right. All right. So, uh, Eric, I guess uh, we can wrap it up. So, uh, why don't you leave us out? All right. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, try that again in English. Thanks for tuning in. Listen to us talk about Game of Thrones. Come back next week for some more buggery. (laughs)